Hey, everybody, you're listening to A New Beginning, which is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. If this program has impacted you, I'd love to hear from you. So just send an email to me at greg at harvest.org. Again, it's greg at harvest.org. You can learn more about becoming a Harvest Partner by going to harvest.org. Some people have come to Christ with great excitement, but then they drifted away. The excitement and commitment waned. Pastor Greg Laurie comments. It's great to have a great start and a great finish, but here's what's not good. The greatest of starts and a horrible finish. It doesn't matter if you've held the first place position for nine out of ten laps. If you don't finish the race, you don't win the prize. And the same is true of the Christian life. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Some people decide one day to get back to the gym. They make the commitment on a Monday and they're all in. Tuesday, there they are. Wednesday, Thursday, a little late. Friday, oops, missed that day. And by the following Wednesday, they want their money back. Some people come to Christ full of passion and resolve. But today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out, it's not how you start, but how you finish. It's our final study in Nehemiah, where we'll learn to finish well. Hey, imagine for a moment what it would be like you've been saving for your big vacation to Hawaii. Your plane lands, the warm balmy breezes of the islands roll over you and you check into your hotel and the next morning you get up bright and early and you're going out for a cup of coffee and suddenly you get a buzz on your smartphone and you read this message that's on the screen, emergency alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Of course, this happened, as you all know, at 8.07 in the morning to all residents of Hawaii and to visitors as well. And for 37 minutes, people waited. I read some articles about it. Some people were running through the streets screaming. Some parents were putting their children into uh, little storm drains because there is no emergency shelter in Hawaii. There are no places for people to go if a nuclear weapon were detonated. That is not the kind of news you want to wake up to in the morning. Thankfully, it was a false alarm. Well, we're back in the book of Nehemiah for a final message. And uh, Nehemiah, at this stage, historically has gone back to Babylon. Remember that's where he was originally. Serving as the king's cupbearer when he heard the news that the walls of Jerusalem were lying in burned, charred out rubble. So Nehemiah made the journey to Jerusalem funded by the king even with an armed escort and he rallied the people and did the impossible. They rebuilt the walls of the city. They prayed. They dedicated themselves to the Lord. They confessed their sins. And a great revival broke out. But now he's given a message that things aren't going well back in Jerusalem. And he needed to return. Reminding us that just because you have a good beginning, 
It does not guarantee you will have a good finish. Well, the foundation was laid in Jerusalem. The walls were rebuilt. The temple was there, but they were not keeping it. They were not doing well at all. They started well, but they were not finishing well. Listen, it's great to have a great start and a great finish. But you can even have a mediocre start or even a bad start and have a great finish. But here's what's not good. The greatest of starts and a horrible finish. If you're running in a race and you don't finish the race, it doesn't matter if you've held the first place position for nine out of 10 laps. If you don't finish the race, you don't win the prize. And the same is true of the Christian life. So let's backtrack a little bit. Then we'll kind of get to the conclusion. But let's pick up chronologically where we left off last time. You remember uh, Nehemiah returns. They rebuild the walls. Ezra is brought out of mothballs. He led the first wave of Jews returning to Babylon. He helped to rebuild the temple. He had been largely inactive. They bring him out again. He reads scripture to the people for three hours. Then they confess their sins to God for three hours. And there's this great revival that breaks out. And now the people make a series of very significant commitments to the Lord. And that's where we pick up. We're in Nehemiah 10. Then the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of God together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand, they swore an oath. They bound themselves with an oath. And they swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the law of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We'll stop there. So back to Nehemiah. He's returned to Babylon. Mission accomplished. Awesome. So glad I obeyed the Lord. The walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt and everything's wonderful. There was a revival and someone says, hey man, things aren't going well back in Jerusalem. Uh, First of all, the people aren't giving. In fact, it's so bad that the Levites have gone home. The priests, there they're not being supported. And uh, the people are intermarrying all these weird pagan people and they're worshiping their false gods. In fact, their kids don't even know the language of Israel. They're learning these other languages and everything's falling apart and there's sin there. And so you gotta go back and do something. As Yogi Berra said, it was like deja vu all over again. So Nehemiah says, all right, uh, I'll return. So he, he goes back and he finds this situation just as they described, maybe even a little bit worse. And basically the temple wasn't functioning any longer. Imagine for a moment what the world would look like if the church were gone. Think about how our city would be if there was no harvest, if there was no any other church here. You know, we've been here well over 40 years helping people, ministering to people. And even if people don't come to church as often as they like, they know church is there, right? They know there's a service Sunday. They know there's midweek studies. They know there's help. They know if they're having a problem in their marriage, they can go in and a pastor will meet with them and help them. And by the way, we have helped literally thousands of people with their marriages over the years we've been here. And we've seen them saved by God's grace. It's true. And we don't charge for it. Some churches do. 
You have to pay to get counseling. We don't charge. When you give here, that goes toward providing this service for people. A lot of times we're leading people to Christ. And that's the first thing they need to get resolved to have a better marriage. I talked to a guy after first service and he was in gangs and was having a lot of trouble with his wife. And he came in and he says, it saved my marriage, pastor. So you see, that's just one of many, many stories. So, you know, think about what the world would look like if the church were not here. You know when it's time to get married? We're here to offer free premarital counseling, which we offer to you so you can have a strong marriage. Because it's not just about the wedding, it's about the marriage. And we want it to last. If you have problems, we're there for you as well. If you have problems with your teenagers or any age, you know we have youth ministry here. You know that a youth pastor will take the time to minister to them and help them. You know that when a loved one dies, you can come to the church and we'll be here to comfort you and encourage you and help you with this service. What if the church was gone? Think about what the world would look like. Thank God for the church. Thank God for this church and the light we've been able to be in this community. That's right. And thank God for you that are a part of this church, volunteering your time, serving here so faithfully, giving of your finances. God bless you and thank you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Well, these folks, the Israelites, they're just like us. We're just like them. They went back on their promises and to sort of show how bad it had gotten, they let Tobiah back in. Do you remember Tobiah? We learned about him earlier in Nehemiah. Tobiah, Sanballat. This guy was a total creep. Okay? Remember that Tobiah, along with Sanballat, tried to stop the rebuilding of the wall 12 years earlier. First it was a potential military attack against Israel. Then he got involved in a plot to take Nehemiah out personally. And when those efforts failed, he did everything he could to discredit Nehemiah and slander him. Tobiah was trouble with a capital T. So Nehemiah returns to Jerusalem and what does he find? He finds they've given him a guest house to Tobiah in the temple. Tobiah's in the temple. It's like, what are you guys, crazy? What are you doing here? Yeah, the fox was in the hen house. And Nehemiah was seriously and righteously angry. And he took immediate action. Go over to Nehemiah 13, verse 8. I became very upset and threw all of Tobiah's belongings out of the room. And then I demanded all the rooms be purified. And I brought back the articles for God's temple, the grain offerings, and the frankincense. I love that. Out with the old, in with the new. When something is dirty, you need to clean it. And Nehemiah says, fumigate the place. It still smells like Tobiah. <laughs> Pastor Greg will have the second half of his message in just a moment. You know, there's nothing like hearing the Word of God and worshiping the Lord together. I want to encourage you to join us for something we call Harvest at Home. It happens every Saturday and Sunday at harvest.org. You can join Christians literally from around the world as we worship and we study the Word of God together. So join us for Harvest at Home at harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg is presenting a message today called, This is Not a Drill. We've just learned how Nehemiah essentially cleaned house, including evicting a certain man named Tobiah. Tobiah was trouble with a capital T. Do you have a Tobiah in your life? 
You know, someone that just always gets you going the wrong direction. It might be a guy or girl in a romantic relationship of sorts or someone else they just bring you down. You got to separate from this. This reminds us of when Jesus went into the temple and cleansed it. Remember he overturned the tables? By the way, did you know he did that twice? Isn't that amazing? So first he goes into the temple and in the outer court of the Gentiles they've set up all these tables with these jacked up prices ripping people off. So people come in, they bring their little lamb for the offering and one of the guys at the tables would say, oh that's, that's never going to pass muster. You can't offer that lamb. But we'll sell you this other lamb at a higher price. And this is horrible. Instead of praying for the people, they were praying on the people. So Jesus came in, literally turned the tables over, drove them out, even used a whip, which I love. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Dun, 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 dun. Whack, you know. But then a little bit of time passes and someone sets up the first table, then the second, then the third. Next thing you know, it's happening again. And he has to drive him out a second time. You've got to stay on top of things because it's very easy to take one step forward and two steps back. This might be a good time for me to admit a serious addiction I've struggled with for a great part of my life. I've never shared this before publicly. But I'm going to share it now. My addiction. I bite my fingernails. <laughs> it's the worst habit ever. Does anybody else bite their fingernails? Hold up your pathetic little hand. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Usually when I'm under stress. I, <laughs> you know. uh, and when you bite your fingernails, you're very limited. Like if you drop a dime on the floor, forget about it. You can't get it. No nails. Your, your little nubs are, you can't, I can't do it. I'll take a piece of paper, slide it into the dime. You know, you learn little tricks. When you go to scratch yourself, it's just like, you know, it's, no nails. You need the nail, man. Nails are good. So I, I have victory right now. My nails have grown out for now. I'm not making any promises. There's always tomorrow. I'll get under a little stress. You know. Okay, that's life, isn't it? I'm doing well. Look at my life. Everything's together. All my ducks are in a row. Okay, good. Then there's tomorrow. And there might be a little problem. And a little problem will turn into a bigger problem. And one thing will lead to another. That's what happened here. But God gave them a chance to repent. And they did. Isn't it great that God gives second chances? He'll give you a second chance today if you need one. All right, as we come to the end of this message, back to that ominous warning about ballistic missiles headed to Hawaii. Look at it again. I mean, imagine. You look at your phone. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. I read some articles about what was happening. I already told you people were panicking, freaking out. But not everybody. You know, we have a friend. Her name is Shelly. She has a second home over in Hawaii on the north shore of Oahu. And so she texted my wife Kathy after they gave the all clear. What was it? 37 minutes later. She said I had a neighbor come over to my house panicking saying what do we do? Shelly said the first thing we do is we pray. And then she prayed with her neighbor and then she said, now we need to make sure that we know where we're going when we leave this earth. Everybody needs a neighbor like this. 
You need to be a neighbor like this. You know, Shelly could have said, hey man, I'm freaking out. I don't have time to deal with your drama. No, she took time for her to help her. Just like Nehemiah left the comfort of the palace in Babylon to go help his people. And we need to do that same. Be that neighbor. Let me be that neighbor for you right now. One day a real threat will come your way in life. It could be a nuclear threat. More likely it will be a personal one. That unexpected heart attack. Car accident. One thing is certain. No one gets out of here alive. Do you know where you are going? I heard about an inscription on a tombstone. These words are written on it. Pause now stranger as you pass by. As you are now so once was I. As I am now so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Someone reading that tombstone was overheard to say, to follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. (laughs) So which way will you go? You have two options. When you die, and you will, unless the Lord comes before that, and He could. But if you die, or when you die, you will either go straight to heaven or you will go ultimately to hell. I don't say that with any pleasure. I just say that because it's gospel truth. And the last thing God wants is for you to go to hell. That's why He sent Jesus to this earth, His one and only beloved Son, and poured His judgment upon His Son. You know, we deserve the judgment. We've rebelled against God. We've defied God. We've broken the laws of God. And yet God took His only Son and put that judgment on Jesus so we didn't have to face it. Man, that's love. And He'll forgive you of any sin you've ever committed. But you must say, God, forgive me. This can happen for you right now. Or if you're one of those people I talked about earlier that, you know, you've kind of veered off the path. You say you're a Christian, but you're doing things a Christian should not do. You can come back to Jesus. Let's get that resolved right here, right now. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Everyone praying, Father, I pray now that you will speak to the heart of every person that's here, every person that's listening and watching wherever they are. If they don't know you yet, Lord, help them to come to you now, we pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those who want to make a change in their relationship with the Lord. And if you'd like to do that today, Pastor Greg will help you in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. And then we're excited about the new movie coming to theaters nationwide next month, Jesus Revolution. Of course, it's the story of Greg and Kathy Laurie, a couple of young kids falling in love, set against the backdrop of the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s. You know, Pastor Greg, many of us have joked at times about who would play us in the movie of our lives, right? Of course, for me, it would have to be George Clooney or Brad Pitt, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. or more likely Danny DeVito. But but you actually had to choose someone that could do you. (laughs) What was the process like finding Joel Courtney? Well, you know, Brad Pitt, did want to play me, but I just said, you're a little too old, Brad. This is a younger <laughs> character in the film, but thanks for coming in. Yeah. And uh, no, 
Joe Courtney, well, actually, I didn't make the decision, Dave. That was decision was made by the director, John Irwin. Hmm. I did not cast this film. He cast it. And I wasn't real familiar with Joel. I'd seen his movie Super 8 when he was a bit younger. I'd seen him in other things. But uh, I didn't know a lot about Joel. But as I looked at the performance he brought, man, he, he, he brought it big time and did such an incredible job. I'm so honored that... He wanted to play this role. And, you know, Joel Courtney is a Christian. Mm. And so it was important to him to help tell the story to a generation. He has a lot of fans out there, a lot of people that follow him on social media. And he's taken this platform that he has, and he's using it for God's glory. Mm. And I think people are going to love the job he did. And the young lady who plays Kathy, Anna Grace Barlow, I had never heard of her before, but she was the perfect choice. Mm. Just so embodies this role. And, of course, Kelsey Grammer is Chuck Smith. He just nails it. And then finally, Jonathan Rumi, best known as playing the role of Jesus in the outstanding series, The Chosen, plays evangelist Lonnie Frisbee. Some incredible performances in this film. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a moving story. You'll be glad you saw the film. Make plans to go see Jesus Revolution when it comes out February 24th in theaters nationwide. You know, our goal is to share the hope of Christ as far and wide as possible. Of course, we do that here on A New Beginning. We do that through Pastor Greg's large-scale Harvest Crusades. And we're doing it again with this new film. It's the gospel wrapped in a compelling motion picture. And we so much appreciate your partnership as we share this message in exciting new ways this year. So thank you for your investment. And to say thank you tangibly, we'd like to send you Pastor Greg's book, also called Jesus Revolution. It's what laid the groundwork for this new film. We'll send you a copy that you can read before the movie comes out. Ask for it when you make your donation today. Call us at 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number. 1-800-821-3300. Or just go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, a few moments ago, you spoke of how someone can accept God's offer of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Could you help the person who wants to do that very thing right now? Yes, I'd be delighted to. Listen, as you've listened to this program today, maybe something's been happening inside of your heart where you're sensing, I need to do this personally, but How do I do it and what do I do? Let me help you. It's very simple. In fact, it's so simple you may be shocked. God, this relationship with him is just a prayer away. The Bible says if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you do just that. You call on the name of the Lord. This can be the moment where you change your eternal address literally from hell to heaven. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. Jesus, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In your name I pray. Amen. I know. It's such a simple, short prayer. But you just called on the name of the Lord. And you know what? He heard that prayer. And if you meant that prayer in your heart, he answered that prayer. Now let me help you to get started on the right foot in your new life in Jesus Christ. The greatest adventure awaits you, the life of walking with God. 
I want to send you what we call a New Believers Growth Pack that includes the New Believers Bible and a whole lot more. And let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Yeah, and to get that free New Believers Growth Pack, just ask for it if you've prayed along with Pastor Greg to receive Christ. We'll be glad to send one your way free of any charge. Call us at 1-800-821-3300. We're here around the clock to take your phone call. Again, dial 1-800-821-3300 or go online to harvest.org and click Know God. Well, next time, another of the most requested messages of 2022. It's a look at running this race of life successfully. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Sign up for daily devotions and learn how to become a Harvest Partner at harvest.org.